Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, your host. Uh, unfortunately, Cindy's off again this week, so it's just going to be me sort of batching it here on the program. I hope you don't mind. Uh, but I've got a great show for you this morning. I've got a great guest. Uh, she's going to be joining me here in just a moment. Um, but uh, just a reminder, for those of you tuning in, obviously we are live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, or you can go to virtually anywhere podcasts are heard, uh, Spotify, iTunes, that sort of thing, um, and you can listen to them there as well. For some reason, if you're not able to tune in live, if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk, uh, sorry, women of golf, pardon me, uh, and scroll down to the on-demand section, uh, you can listen to the show, uh, the recorded version in its entirety uh, anytime after, and also the uh, previously aired shows are also in the archive section as well, so you can go back and listen to shows, um, past shows that maybe you've missed. So, all right, as I said, I've got a great show for you this morning. Uh, I'm going to be joined by my very special guest, uh, Gabby Lemieux. She is an LPJ Epson Tour player. Uh, she grew up on the Idaho side of the Duck Valley Indian Res- uh, Reservation, playing a wide range of sports, and of course, including golf. Uh, she's the first female Native American pro golfer. Uh, in high school, Gabby was a 5A state champion and a record-holding golfer. Uh, while playing at Texas Tech University, she had four collegiate wins and ranked number one in the country, was Big 12 Player of the Year, and holds the lowest-scoring average for all four years. Uh, she graduated with her Bachelor of Science in Human Development in 2018, and since then, Gabby has competed in a number of LPGA events and two Thornberry Creek LPGA Classics, and is currently, as I mentioned, on the LPGA's Epson Tour. Um, please welcome my very special guest this morning, Gabby Lemieux. Good morning, Gabby. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good. I hope I got everything correct. Uh, I tried my best, so I apologize if I made any mistakes. Um, so what, I wa- what we were talking about real quick is, you know, kind of sometimes how um, – you know, players kind of can get in a little bit of a funk uh, throughout the season and that. And what I was starting to say, and then we uh, sort of jumped right into the show, uh, was that what we found talking with a lot of the other young ladies that have come on the show in the past is that, you know, obviously you're out there grinding it week in, week out, trying to, to win and, and uh, or at the very least try to get as, as high up if you're, um, you know, as you can in, in the leaderboard. And But one of the things that we found is, that when the players started to focus more on just going out and having fun um, as opposed to just, and that doesn't mean you don't work hard, you don't, you don't get out there and grind it out as, as you need to each week, um, but I think sometimes if you forget to have fun, 
um, then it kind of just becomes like a, a, a you know a regular grind, and it just doesn't seem to have the same enthusiasm. What do you think about that? Do you think that's important for you um, to make sure that you're out there and having fun each week? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's totally correct. I think there's been times in um, in my amateur career and my professional career where you finally just you're tired of doing the same mistakes and you're and you're tired of a lot of things, but you tell yourself, you know, I'm going to go out there and have fun no matter what. And for some reason, it and it's so true. Those those are the tournaments that you usually end up playing the best because mm-hmm. you're just out there going for pins that you probably shouldn't, but you're like, oh, I can make that shot, and that oh, it doesn't matter or there's there's things right. that you're telling yourself when you're out there having fun that you don't typically would well you wouldn't typically tell yourself if you're really stressed out or you're worried about what you're shooting that day. So no, I I completely agree with you. I think that's typically when uh, when a lot of people do play good is when they're out there having fun. Yeah, I think it's important. I mean, after all, I mean it's a little bit different for for you guys because this is a career for you. Um, so obviously it's important and you want to go out and, and do your best. Otherwise you don't earn money and you know, it makes uh, life can suck a little bit when you're not doing well. Um, but you know, you have to have fun at whatever you're doing because when you stop having fun, then it it, it just becomes a, a very mundane job. Um, so, what do you say when you're out in the golf course and let's say you maybe strung a, a bad hole or or even maybe two together and things are not going the way you want? What do you say to yourself mentally to try and change things around? really it's just it's just to the point where it's like well i can't go back and change those and let's just hopefully let's 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 make this next shot this one single shot so much better than the last one we just hit so it's just working shot by shot and trying to trying to string say four or five good shots in a row and say yeah i'm not going to hit one absolutely perfect but it's just the amount of shots that i can hit in a row that are decent enough to string together good shots Right, and and the truth is, and this is what we were talking a little bit off air. Um, the truth of the matter is, you know that you've got the game to be where you are, or you wouldn't be there. So deep down, you can say to yourself with confidence, you know what, I've got a pretty good solid game. Maybe this area needs a little tweaking here and that this week, and maybe that area needs a little bit of tweaking as well. But overall, my game's pretty solid. I'm pretty happy with my game. Um, as I said, you know, otherwise you wouldn't be at the level that you're at. You've worked very hard to get where you are, um, and and everything comes in its own time. Some players, things come a little faster than others. Um, but, again, you're all very uh, accomplished players. Um, otherwise, like I said, you wouldn't be out there battling it out each week on tour. Um, what's the most challenging part of tour life for you? <laughs> um, I, <would laughs> I already know the answer, lot- but I'm going to ask you anyways. <laughs> Um, I know I'm not the only one, but it's definitely the mental side of, of golf. And I think, and that's exactly what you said. Everybody can, has their own, um, things they have to go through and, but really it's, we we all have the same game. Typically everybody has the same game. You might be a little better um, at putting than somebody else or another part of the game that you might be a little bit better, but they're probably a little bit better than you at their part, their side of their game. But I think that the one thing that separates a lot of girls from LPGA to Epson Tour or, or the girls that are better than others is the mental side because that's when that's the part that you need when you're in the grind, you're in the moment. The mental side is what's going to keep you in it. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, now, I believe, if I read everything correctly, your rookie year was 2018. Um, so you pretty much fresh out of, out of uh, college, uh, got out and started playing in that. What do you know now? Here we are fast-forwarding a few years. What do you know now about playing out on tour um, that you didn't really understand in your rookie year? Um, I think the one thing that I, I look back on and, and say, oh, I don't know why I really did that, but um, you get out there, you get out into tour life, and, and you're looking at what other people are doing, and you're thinking, oh, well, well, she's pretty good, so maybe I should be doing that. Or mm-hmm. she's, like, she's a good player, she's a good cutter, oh, maybe I should be doing that too. Instead of going out there, doing the same thing you've been doing, that's the one thing that's got you from from college golf to professional golf. And if you keep doing that, you keep doing being you is necessarily what I'm saying. If you keep being you, that's what's going to get you better, not trying to be like the other golfers that are already out there. Yeah, and that's that's a, a great statement because I, I know I'm a teaching professional. I don't play at, at your level, but I teach the game. And one of the things I've, I've said to students over the years, you know, they said, well, I, you know, I really like a swing like so-and-so on TV, and I really like to play like so-and-so. And I always say, you know, you have to find your game. Now, if you're a tall player and the player that you're referring to is tall, there may be some certain similarities in your swing, but everybody's body functions differently from one another, and you can't try to create a swing um, to emulate somebody else's because your body may not work exactly the same way as theirs does. It may not... Um, you know, they may, you know, for instance, just a, a quick example, you know, John Daly wraps that club around 360 degrees. Most people cannot do that. Um, but you get people say, well, I want to swing like John Daly. Well, good luck. You know, you don't have the flexibility. And, you know, I'm saying that politely, but the truth of the matter is everybody's different and you have to find your own game. Um, what are some other challenges that you've had on tour? I imagine travel can be difficult at times, right? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's a completely different um part of golf that you have to take care of. I mean, I'm super lucky to have my husband. He helps me out with that, with that side, just because it, it does get crazy. It's, you got to book rental cars, you got to book hotels, you got to, there's a whole list of things that you kind of have to take care of. So he helps me out with that. But yeah, the, the travel and all of that is probably the, the next hardest thing about tour life. Now, does he caddy for you as well? Sometimes He or? does. He is my <laughs> <laughs> bless his heart because <laughs> that's probably not easy um no it's all kidding aside you know that's that's challenging in itself because you know you're married and you're out there and sometimes when the round's not going well what does he say to you um you know gabby here's what i think or what have obviously he gives you feedback and then there's times when he needs to just you know sort of okay i'm going to stay over here and i'm just going to be quiet and let her go through the process what does he say to, to provide comfort for you out in the golf course? Um, really, he's. I'm more of that. Um, like when I'm in, when I'm in a string of say bad shots, he's more like, "All right, Gabby, let's go." Like you, you got this. Or next mm-hmm. shot, let's go. So he's kind of in the same mindset that, or I guess, <laughs> I don't know if I taught him to say that or what, but because um, <laughs> that's, that's what I internally say to myself is, "Okay, come on, let next next shot. I'm gonna make this one good." So I think. For him to say it out loud, along with me telling it, my, my saying it to myself, I think those are the things that kind of help the whole positive side of golf, the positive um, reactions to shots, which he definitely seems to help a lot on on, the, on that aspect. 
Yeah, it's important regardless. I mean, you know, all kidding aside, whether he was your, your partner or not, uh, Caddy has to know when to step in and when to back off um, if, they're, if they're doing their job properly because there's going to be times when you're going to give him the stare and you're going to say, you know what, I got this, I don't need to, you know, and obviously you want to do it politely because he is your partner and you've got to go home with him. But um, <laughs> there's obviously going to be times, I mean, let's call it what it is. Um, but, you know, there's obviously times when he knows when, okay, I, I know that she can do this, so I'm going to give her some encouragement. And, and then there's other times when I just need to button it up and just let her go through the process, right? Yeah, 1,000% agree. And I think for me, um, me personally, with exactly what you were saying is more so like putting. I think putting is all about confidence. So he's he's kind of that way on on the putting green. There's uh, last week <laughs> in the last tournament that I played pretty well. It was maybe a 35 foot or 40 foot or nothing that I thought I was gonna make, but it, it, I felt like oh that's a great line. And so he came over and I was like hey do you think that's a good line? And he goes. Yep, but he walks away and looks at the other caddy and just kind of shrugs his shoulders and gives that, well, I don't know what she meant, kind of. <laughs> and I ended up draining the putt, so they're over there laughing. So, <laughs> so it all worked out. Well, and, you know, it, it's, it's good that, that you're, I mean, I know some of the girls, um, you know, have had their fathers, let's say, as an example, have come and caddied for them or, or another family member and that. So, you know, it, 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 can be, it presents challenges and, um, you know, because they, they want to do the best they can to, to encourage and help you. But at the same time, um, they know that when, when the chips are down that they, they need to back off because it can get, you know, uh, uncomfortable because you know you're trying to regain focus and so forth, and they have to know. And 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 that that's the difference really between a good caddy and one that's not. I mean, I've had a few caddies over the years um, when I've gone to you know different uh, clubs and that that have um, you know I try to take advantage of the local caddies and and uh, you know I've had some really good ones and I've had some others that were you know they were okay, but um, all they did is want to you know chat and and talk all the time, which was nice, but. You know, I need more help with the, with the course than than what you're giving me. So, but um, so that's good that you do it. Uh, how would you assess your your overall performance since since back in 2018 you, you got on as a rookie? Um, you've obviously played um, uh, some very uh, high quality uh, college golf. But how would you assess your play overall? Do you feel most of your game is pretty tight and solid, or are there some parts of your game that still kind of uh, you know need some improvement? Um, I would say since 2018, there's kind of been like this, this gradual improvement. I think there's there's a process that a lot of tour players go through when they first start. I mean, there's some that, you know, right out, right out the gate, they're super good. They're on fire. They make it all the way to the PGA or LPGA. So, but there are the, <laughs> on the other side, those are those few. But there's a lot of them that actually have to go through the process of learning how to play um, professional golf and, I think that's where all the years I, I had to go back down to mini tours in 2019 and then obviously COVID mm -hmm. hit. So it was a huge process, right. but I think it's, it's been good for me because I'm learning things basically every year, every tournament. And so I think I'm just gaining this knowledge of professional life that hopefully I'll be able to take to the LPGA. Yeah, it, it it is a process, and, and it's it's a gradual, it's a learning process, too. I mean, you know, you come out of college, you've got a, a pretty tight game, you're out there, you're striking the ball well, you're putting the ball well, 
Um, but now you're, you're suddenly thrust into a position where you're playing against some of the best female golfers in the world, uh, and it's an entirely different stage than, than collegiate. Um, now, as I say, you've got your, your big girl britches on, and you're out there, and you're battling it out with the best. Um, and it can be a little bit daunting and overwhelming. I know we've had some come on the show here and said, you know what, yeah, wow, I didn't realize it was as, as you know, competitive as it was. You know, you don't really appreciate it when you're looking on the camera on TV because they're cutting back and forth from shots. But when you get out there and you, you play with, you know, maybe the number one player in the world, you get paired uh, with them or, or, you know, somebody certainly in the top ten, and you see how tight their game is, you're thinking, wow, God, I can't believe I'm out here. And I'm sure everybody, especially as a rookie, you, you have those thoughts. Um, when did you? When was it, um, Gabby? For you, when did the, the sort of the realization come in your career thus far? When you knew you were a player and not just an everyday golfer? When was that that moment for you? Um, I would say it all happened uh, when I was in college. When that one year where I was number one in the country and Big Twelve Player of the Year. I think that's probably the moment um, that I think that would have been my sophomore year. That would be the moment that I feel like, okay, I'm playing with the best in the country in college golf. And I know that all these girls are most likely going to go try and play tour life. So maybe I should give it a shot. And I think it was the best decision I think I could have made. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting because there's a lot of really good players out there, but not everybody has the aspiration to, to necessarily play, um, you know, tour life. They just enjoy playing the game. Um, but I think there's a time for a lot of you when you, you come to that realization, you say, wow, you know what, I've, I've got a pretty good game. That doesn't mean I'm not saying I'm the best yet, but I've got a good enough game. I think I can really, you know, give it a go out there, and, and I, I want to at least try. What do you think you would do? Um, if if golf was not in in the forefront, I mean, you obviously I know you enjoy other sports as well. Uh, golf is is right now is in the forefront, but is there something else that you would be doing? Do you think if you weren't playing golf? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely have a soft spot for helping kids. Um, I don't know what that would honestly look like, whether it be a teacher, a guidance counselor. Um, I don't know, just really. Anything to do with kids, I think that's what um, that's where my heart kind of says. Okay, when golf's done, whenever that may be, it could be thirty years down the road. You never know, but um, that's that's probably where I'm going to end up. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, I, I think it's good as a player to have um, a, a you know an additional passion to be besides playing. And I think whatever capacity that ends up being down the road for you, because there's going to be a, a point at some point. I mean, you're obviously going to play as long as you can, but there's going to be a point where you're going to say, you know what, um, I'm ready to, to pack this side in. Maybe not, but um, usually there is, and then you want to have something that you really enjoy doing besides uh, going out there. The one really nice thing about golf compared to so many other sports is you can play the game well into your, your golden years, as they say. Um, and that's something that a lot of other sports, well, yeah, <laughs> Trust me, take it from me. You can do that. Um, so I'm not quite the golden years yet, but I'm, I'm approaching it real quick. So um, it's like at light speed now. So, so I want to I want to talk about something because I think I know uh, I believe this is obviously very important. As I mentioned in the opening uh, credits, that um, obviously the um, a Native American young lady, and this is important for you to really break ground uh, in that demographic. Um, and there's a lot of things that you're doing to do that uh, to really create an impact in your community. 
Um, you also launched uh, Swing to Support Native American Youth Education. Tell us a little bit about that. That was that was quite a few years ago, but really it was just to get myself um, when I first started to get out there and uh, you know just just give back. I think even for me, like seeing Dota Begay, it was just he mm-hmm. he's the first he did it, and you kind of look up to him whether you knew him or not. Like way back when when I didn't know him, right? Um, you just look up to certain people, and I, that's kind of where um, I wanted to do certain things like that because I feel like with me being um, a woman and me having um, this opportunity and this this light that I have basically shown through golf, I have the opportunity to maybe go back and help the generations after me and say, well, you can do this too, or is there anything that I can do to help you, or things like that. And that's, and that's basically the purpose of why um, I'm wanting to give back to the youth. And I think it's important, you know, I used um, Tiger, uh, as a good example, you know, when Tiger Woods came out, uh, it really opened the door. I mean, we're, you know, we're, <clears throat> it's not saying that we're seeing a, a flood of, of African-American uh, golfers out on the tours, but it certainly sparked an interest within the Afri- African-American community um, when he came out on the scene because a lot of uh, young players, both boys and girls, looked at that and say, wow, you know, I never thought of that, um, you know, about playing golf because I didn't think it was something for me. And he really opened a lot of doors. Do you feel that that's something that, that you really want to encourage in your community as well? And obviously we're all part of one big community, but again, I think it's important for, for people in um, whatever community they may be part of, in your case it's um, Native American, for them to see examples within their own community and say, hey, you know what, that's something I can do too. Yes, one one thousand um, percent. And it may not even be like um, just showing up and just hanging out with them. And it's just somebody who's necessarily not like. I mean, I w- I'm successful not to the point where I want to be, but somebody who is successful. Some and just having some, say, high schooler say, "Oh, she's mm-hmm. she's a, she's amazing. She's a good role model." And I think that's mm-hmm. just the one thing I feel like that I can possibly just give back to them and just be that person that they want to look up to or, or be like. Um, and that's, and that's really all I can do is just give back at this point And, and that's like probably the best gift. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you know, it's, it's a, it's a lot of pressure uh, for you gals because, you know, people do look up to you, um, believe it or not. And a lot of people don't realize that, but you know, we've, we've talked to um, a number of junior golfers, Cindy and I, and particularly Cindy, but um, <clears throat> pardon me, and, um, you know, a lot of them watch the players on TV, not just from the LPGA, but from the other tours as well. And especially, you know, you get these young girls that are 8, 9, 10 years old. Um, you know, they're obviously very impressionable, and, and they see these young girls going out there and battling it out, and they say, that's something I want to do. So if you had an audience of, of young junior girls that were thinking about following your footstep, what advice would you give them? you kind of touched on it earlier and it's something that I live by. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's whatever, whatever you may like, whatever you want to do, it could be golf. It could be going to college. It could be um, a certain degree that you want to major. I mean, it could be absolutely anything, just a job. I, I always say if it's fun, you keep doing it until it's not fun. That's when you try and find that next door, that next chapter. 
that you want to enjoy in that part of your life. So I always say, whatever you want to do, just make sure that you're having fun. Yeah, I think so. And I think one of the, um, you know, issues that we see in junior golf is um, pressure from parents. Um, you know, the youngster expresses an interest in, hey, you know, I'd like to play golf. And they get out there and it's like the, um, you know, the, the soccer parent on the sideline, they're running up and down the field with their kid and, you know, yelling things from the side, come on, do this, Johnny, or do that, Sally, or whatever. Um, so there's a danger that you've got to be careful not to push them too hard and kind of let them, you know, nurture and grow their own game and let them express it. And there may come a point in time that they decide they don't want to do it. So I think it's important to encourage. Who is your uh, encouragement growing up when you decided that, okay, this is something I want to, you know, try or, or do at some capacity? Who was there for you to really sort of um, help push you along? And I don't mean that literally, but just sort of help guide you along. I would say it, it was my parents. Um, they, well, from a young age, picking up the game at six years old, it started uh, started super early, but not to the point where it was, like, overwhelming. So my dad would say, hey, do you want to go out and hit some golf balls? And I'd say, oh, sure. You know, it turned it turned into one day a week. And then it, and then it turned into maybe two days. But it was, they would always ask me, my parents would always ask me, hey, do you want to go do this? So I, right. I could say no, I, yes. Um, I mean, and that was even just from a very, very young age. And so, and then it kind of got to the point where it was seven days a week, <laughs> which, <laughs> which then it started to become fun because it became more competitive with her and my dad and where we were starting to beat my dad. So then that, that kind of became a little game in itself. Um, but no, they, they, they definitely didn't pressure me. They, they let me choose what I wanted to do. And especially living in Idaho, I had the chance to play <laughs> you know, four sports a year, which uh, I, I loved, but they, they allowed me to experiment what sports that I liked, what sports I didn't like. And then it, then it became a decision of in high school, which my parents helped me make the decision to not play any other sport my senior year in high school due to me committing to Texas Tech. So it, it's been, they've allowed me to kind of just be myself and make those decisions that I believe were good for myself. Why golf? What was it about golf that obviously, and I think you'll understand this expression, um, we all, those that really are passionate about the game, there comes a point in time you get bitten by the bug. Um, what was it about golf that appealed to you? Um, honestly, it's just an addicting game. You, <laughs> I, I feel like amateurs yep. say it all. It, you go out there, you, you play well in the first couple holes and then you start to play really, really bad. But then that last hole, somehow that last hole, you miraculously get a birdie or make a, a good par and okay, well, I guess I'm coming back out tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I, I would say that's the same thing with um, even professional life. You go out there and you shoot 66, but it's like, and it's just addicting. Like you want to go out there and shoot 65 or 64. It just, it just becomes an addicting and, and fun game. Yeah. I, and, and you're exactly hundred percent right. Um, I, I hear that all the time from students, you know, that'll go out and even if they're just trying to break a hundred, they'll go out and they'll, it, you know, it, it sounds very simple. It sounds very cliche, but the truth of the matter is you can hit that one shot, that one drive, sink that one, you know, 30 foot putt, and it's enough to hook you to come back the next time. doesn't matter whether the rest of your round suck, uh, you know, it stunk, stank, whatever you want to say, 
but you hit that one or two good shots, and it's just amazing. Um, I mean, I've seen people week in, week out, coming out at the range, hitting balls, and they go out and play. And, you know, I'll watch them. They're not really very good uh, in some cases. And, I, you know, I've stopped, and I've asked people. I said, what brings you back out? And they said, did you see that drive I just did a few minutes ago? That's what brings me out. It's interesting. <laughs> They'll come out and, and try, and it doesn't matter. Like I said, they can be terrible. Um, but it's just that one, maybe two shots that hooks them in, and it, it, you're right, it's exactly, uh, it's very addictive. Um, are, are you real pressed for time? I am not, no. Okay. Well, do you mind sticking around for a little bit longer? I've got to, trust me, I've got a thousand one questions to ask you. Um, <laughs> but I, I wanted to make sure, I, I forgot to ask you before we went live, so I didn't want to do it um, or forget, uh, just sort of, you know, hoodwinking it, staying longer. But if you've got a few more minutes, uh, we're going to take a real quick break, and then I'm going to come back, and I've got some other questions for you. So stick around. The following ad is sponsored by Golf Tips Magazine. Are you tired of being short off the tee? And what about those three putts? Forget about it. It's time you got serious about your game. Golf Tips, the most in-depth magazine in the industry. For over 30 years, Golf Tips has delivered expert content such as the latest golf instruction from America's top pros, simple-to-follow practice and game improvement drills, fitness and mental game tips, Equipment, training aids, accessory, and apparel reviews. Golf destinations and travel tips for every budget. And so much more. Don't miss a single issue. Go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. All right, don't forget to go to GolfTipsMag.com and subscribe today. And if you enter promo code uh, under the print subscription uh, page and enter promo code GolfTips21, uh, you can save uh, over 30% off the subscription price for an annual subscription. Uh, you can get it for just $9.99. So it's a great deal. It makes a great gift. You can do it as many times as you want. If you want to uh, get some gifts for, for folks coming up for the holidays in a few months, uh, here's a good opportunity to do so. So go to golftipsmag.com. All right, I'm with my very special guest this morning uh, from the LPJ Epson Tour, Gabby Lemieux. Uh, Gabby, thank you for uh, agreeing to stick around. Um, I appreciate it. Um, we're going to kind of play uh, not really the fastest seven, but sort of a speed round, if you will. I'm just going to ask you some quick questions um, and uh, try to give us a, a quick answer or two, if you can. Um, who would be your dream foursome? I would probably be Tiger, Notovagay, and oddly enough, Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's an that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting foursome. You've got two uh, obviously notable golfers on there. Now I know Michael Jordan plays golf, of course, uh, with a lot of the celebrities. But why why Michael Jordan? He has been uh, somebody that I have constantly looked up to. I remember growing up and watching VCR tapes of his old good basketball games because I was a big basketball player growing up. So right. I don't know, just to meet him and have a, and go out and play around the golf. Yeah, I think I'm six foot four, and I have to look up to him too. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, favorite club in the bag? Right now, it's putter. Hmm, interesting. A um, lot of surprising enough, a lot of players have said the driver, uh, but that's interesting. It's good. Uh, obviously, that means you have confidence. Um, do you have a go-to shot? I, I would have to say it's the little five five yard draw with my irons that I have just 
been loving lately. <laughs> so that's probably <laughs> the one. Good. Um, what tournament um, do you most want to win? Obviously, you want to win a lot of tournaments, but is there a particular tournament that has caught your eye that you say, I definitely want to have that in my, my, uh, my repertoire? I'm actually at a tournament right now that I would really love to win. It's the Circling Raven Championship in uh, Worley, Idaho, and mm-hmm. it's on home on home turf. So last year I gave it a good a good shot at it, and I ended up uh, tied for third. But I on the last hole I made birdie to tie the lead, and the crowd was pretty spectacular. So I think that would be pretty cool to win um, on in the home state of Idaho. That would be very cool, for sure. Um, who did you idolize growing up? Um, oddly enough, it would have have to have been, I don't know, I feel like I went through these stages of, of sports, so it's kind of all been different. But I, I would say for golf-wise, it was definitely Annika. It was always something about her and her game that, you loved, but then again, I kind of always looked at to Stacey Lewis as well. So kind of mm-hmm. both ways. Who would you most want to be paired with on tour? And that can be any uh, LPJ or what have you. Who would you, who would be your ideal pairing? Um, I would have to say it would have be, if it was LPGA and be, Nelly Corda and hmm, probably Lexi. <laughs> yeah, that's two two good choices for sure. Um, maybe even throw a little Brooke Henderson in there as well. Um, definitely some great players to be uh, to pair with. Who, um, when it comes to their game, and I, I know this kind of contradicts what we talked about earlier. But whose game would you most compare yourself to? Similar hmm. styles, or is there anybody? Um, and if there isn't, that's fine. None that come to mind, honestly. Is there anyone? Yeah, I don't... Let me rephrase. Let me rephrase it then. Is there anyone's game that you would like yours to be more like? Hmm. I would have to say. I don't know. Nellie Cord is kind of just coming to mind. She's she's a solid player, uh, and you and when she gets hot, she's she's unbeatable. Yep, I couldn't agree more. Um, you mentioned that you played a number of different sports. If golf was not the sport for you, what other sport would you like to play professionally? Um, I would say. I would say either basketball or volleyball, but uh, for some reason I picked up volleyball kind of late in the years or in my younger years, and that might that might be it. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. That's an interesting choice. Um, other than golf, what other career choice would you like? What would be your second career choice? I know you mentioned about I, helping youth and that, but is there another career other than um professional golf that you would you would select um my probably my biggest dream is uh to probably run a 
run a nonprofit, something along the lines of like a Boys and Girls Club feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably my all-time dream right there. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, when it comes to your game, what is the best part? What is the worst part of your game? Best part would be putting and driving accuracy, I feel like. And worst part, I'm probably a little too hard on myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of falls back into that mental side of things a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Do you favor um, – trying to think of how to, how to phrase this in, in such a way that will make sense – um, you know, Jack Nicholas famously said that certain courses fit his eye very well. Are there certain courses or certain holes that fit your eye? Do you prefer a right-to-left uh, hole or a left-to-right hole? I would say a right-to-left, so a dog-leg left, but I think that's because I like hitting this little this little mm-hmm. draw, so that's probably why. Hmm. Interesting. Um now, you mentioned that Jared, that's your husband, of course. Am I, am I correct? Yes. Okay. So he carries the bag. I'm assuming that he also plays a little golf um, as well. Um, do you let him win once in a while? <laughs> I would say if we're playing a full 18, I do not. He's got to beat me outright. But um, we we do little chipping games every now and then, and He'll he'll get lucky and win a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta keep his ego stoked, that's for sure. Um now that's that's fantastic. Um so you're playing an event you said this week, um in in Idaho. What's your game plan going in? What what are you gonna do um to prepare yourself? Obviously you're gonna hit some shots and you're gonna warm up and things, but is there a mindset, is there a game plan going into this event? I'm practicing a lot of wedges, hitting a lot of putts, and number one is going out there and having fun and making sure that you're just playing golf the way golf is supposed to be played. Good answer. Um, Some players play better, believe it or not, in adverse conditions. For instance, uh, windier conditions or um, wet conditions, that sort of thing. are you a player that does well in the wind, um, or are you a player that that is a nemesis for you? Um, I I actually don't mind the wind. I'm one of those players that uh, if it starts to get windy, I'm kind of more so like, bring it on, let's go, because of playing uh, college at Texas Tech, playing college golf at Texas Tech, because mm-hmm. that's West Texas, and if you don't have 30 miles an hour winds every single day, it's going to be a weird day if it's flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. Uh, a lot of Texas players say the same thing. Um, what um, – I was trying to think. I had something along that same line. Um, so your putter is, is your favorite club. What's your least favorite club? Um. I would have to say maybe like a long iron, so it would be like a five iron, I guess. Those are typically the, probably the hardest ones. We don't really get very many of them, so that's probably why I don't necessarily like a five iron. I either 
like a really long, like a long, a long shot. So it'd be like a five wood or four hybrid, or it's got to be pitching wedge through like eight iron. Those are probably my go-to ones. Um, but that middle, that middle ground, we hardly ever get those long par fours. So that I would say that's probably my least favorite. If you had a group of players, uh, and I don't mean professional players, but amateur players, um, and you were giving a clinic, um, what would be some of the things that you would address given, um, and I'm talking at higher handicap players now, what are some areas that you would address with them? Because I'm sure you've seen a lot in pro-ams, uh, mistakes that they make uh, generally when they're, uh, you know, everything from club selection to what have you. Um, but what would be some of the dialogue that you might have with a group if, let's say, five women um, that you were giving a clinic to? What would be some of the dialogue that you would do to, to sort of get them started in the right path? Um, I would say, like, just with golf, if they were kind of beginners, uh, I I personally really like to focus on grip and setup. I think those are the two things that a lot of people don't really focus on when they first start to get into golf. Um, mm-hmm. I think those two things help tremendously when it comes to just the basics of golf and where to start. So I would say that's probably the two things that I would lean towards in the beginning. And then second, it's not about how hard you have to swing. (laughs) It's about just getting it straight and down the fairway. It doesn't matter how far, because if you do that, you're going to stay out of trouble. I I couldn't agree more. I think solid uh, fundamentals uh, are, are key. I think if you get off to a good start with a good grip and good stance and posture and that, I think you're well on your way to, to being successful as a, a player or even just an everyday golfer. But if you, you know, if you get those uh, wrong from the get-go, it can be a lifetime of misery for a lot of players if you don't get it right. So that, that's some good advice. Um, you know, we see also, too, a lot of amateur golfers, um, as I was pointing out a moment ago, you know, you see them in pro-am and a lot of them miss club. They're under, they way under club, um, make some bad choices in that. So it, it leads me to believe that they're, um, it's not just a matter of their physical part of their game, but their, uh, their management skills out in the golf course lack as well. What would you do or say to somebody that goes down that path? How would you get them on the right path? I would, I mean, honestly, it's just kind of what I uh, reverted back to. It's just keeping it, keeping it down the middle. So instead of saying, like you're talking about a bad club, and it's, say it's 160, 160 yards, and typically for maybe for that person, it's going to be a five iron. But they're thinking, okay, I can just hit a really hard six, and it's going to make it 160 yards. But right. that might lead to a bunch of other things. It could be a slice. It could be like a chunk draw shot. So if you, if you, I would say phrase it in terms of okay, let's let's just hit a nice, easy, smooth five iron. It's gonna probably fly just as far, and but your your accuracy might be a little bit better. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of times, and we see this as as teach professionals, a lot of players will hit a club maybe one time, that 160 yards. Say okay, well that's got to be my club. But the majority of the times, they might only be hitting at 150 or 155, um, whereas one club up, as you said, the five iron is the one that they could consistently hit that distance. They might hit a little further, um, but as long as there's no trouble around, 
behind, if they hit a little bit long, they're still going to be okay. And you're exactly right. They Better to hit a, a nice easy 5-iron than try to really step on a 6-iron to get that distance that you might only get once in a you know a million shots. So uh, some great advice. Um, one of the things that um, I noticed last uh, this past December – uh, during the uh, LPJ's Q series, there were a lot of young ladies uh, that just happened to be uh, in the area where I am um, playing their, their final uh, weeks. And what was interesting is I would go up in the mornings and watch them warm up and practice and things like that. And it was really interesting to see um, quite a few of them pulling out training aids, you know, uh, 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 items for lining up their putts and things like that. Are you somebody that does that as well? Do you use training aids, or you just maybe just focus more on drills? Um, I, I would say I'm kind of a good mix. Um, I think there's certain drills that, I, that I'll do if my, if my swing or my putting just kind of feels a little, a little wonky, so drills are good. But I, I feel like there's always a good balance that you have to have between drills and training aids because if you get thinking too much, then you're – probably thinking way too much out on the golf course, but there's a couple things that I like to do. I mean, the alignment stick is hands down probably the best thing you can have on a driving range. Um, mm-hmm. That way you're pick, picking different targets, um, but you're, you're knowing you're consistently lining up in the, in the right way. And then another thing that I use uh, for a training aid is like a putting string. The same thing is making sure that your your club face is square and you're lined up appropriately and all your lines are straight. So like your feet, your shoulders, everything feels straight. Um, and I mean, I don't spend too much time on them. It's just kind of to get me set in, um, get me set for the day or vice versa, just to feeling like I'm I'm hitting the ball where I'm supposed to or putting the ball where I'm supposed to, um, but not to necessarily stand over and be there for three hours. <laughs> right. Well, it, it was interesting because, you know, as I mentioned, I watched, and certainly I'm not saying every single one of them, but um, I watched a lot of the young ladies that were warming up uh, get before their rounds, and quite a few of them, um, if it wasn't an alignment stick, it was some sort of putting string or some other uh, putting alignment, uh, you know, tool that they were using, um, those seemed to be the two that, that really sort of stuck out to me. Um, you know, I didn't see any of them, you know... And I hate to be, you know, criticizing my side of the industry, but I see, you know, down at the PGA Merchandising Show, a lot of times there's all kinds of, you know, interesting gadgets, and some of them are just, I mean, you know, they strap you in like a, like a, in a vest, and, you know, you're doing all this. And I, to me, I just, I, I just don't see people taking that to the range, um, and, you know, strapping them up like they just come out of the loony bin or something. But anyways, um, we won't go down that path. Uh, but, you know, obviously some things um, are tried and true and have worked very well for a lot of players, and that's why you see them uh, a, a lot, um, you know, out on the, on the practice uh, area and that. When it comes to um, your practice regimen, if you will, what do you do to keep it fun and interesting? Because it can, listen, we'll be honest, it can sometimes get a little boring if you're out there hitting balls and putting and doing that for a couple of hours. And I know you have to, as a professional, you have to really work on your game. What do you do to make it fun? I would say, um, for me, I'm I'm more of a person that likes to play constantly. Like So every time you go out, you're never going to have the same shot that you, that you had the day before, even if you're on the same course. Um, right. Well, maybe, I guess. But um, it, it's just it's just a little different. So I, I personally like to go out and just play a lot. If I could play 36, I would. 
um, that's just that's just my style of game because I know that I can go out there and create shots and create shot shapes and hit it to a certain part of the green or um, and I think and that's the fun part that I find about golf. Um, I'm not <laughs> I'm not the one out here on tour that's out there grinding away on the driving range for four hours. But you know and so, but some people that's what that's what they do. That's what they love to do. That's the right. part of the game that that they that they see is improving it where everybody out here is completely different. <laughs> everybody mm. has their own individual thing that they need to do, but I would say that's probably the one thing that I do that makes it fun for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree uh, more. I, you know, everybody is different. As I mentioned in the beginning, you know, everybody's swing is different, and you have to emulate uh, what you do best and not worry about somebody else's. And, you know, it's okay to watch somebody, and you might pick up a tip here and there, but generally, it's it's your body, it's your swing, and you have to sort of own it. Um, when you warm up, not a practice session, but you're warming up, um, this is something, too, that we see a lot of uh, amateur golfers. What's your typical warm-up routine before you head out in the golf course? Um, so I just, I, I go to the gym, I get a, I get a good workout in, um, not not necessarily like a lifting workout. It's more so like stretching and getting your hips and your back and your shoulders, kind of all of the things that you use in your golf swing warmed up. Um, even go for a slight little run just to get the body going. And then I head out to the golf course. And I, I still probably do maybe like two of those exercises to get, because you just sat in the car for 20 minutes. So you get out to the to the driving range and just kind of warm up a little bit. But other than that, that's that's really all all that I do just to get ready for the golf course. When you're out on tour, um, do you cook a lot of your own meals or do you kind of balance it? Some you might, you know, grab uh, maybe a burger occasionally or something, or are you pretty diligent? I mean, some of the girls kind of cook their own meals. They like to be really health conscious and that. Are you that way too when you're out on tour or do you kind of find a balance? I would say that's probably one of the hardest things about your life <laughs> is, <laughs> right. is finding finding healthy cho- choices because if you live in a hotel week to week, which I have to do because my husband's my caddy, um, that's, that's probably the hardest thing that we run into because sometimes you don't have a microwave, sometimes you do, sometimes... You you just you don't have the um, the capability to make a home cooked meal, which I wish we did. Right. But, um, but that's probably the hardest part is making those smart choices for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, especially staying in a hotel. Yeah, it it, it can be tough. And same thing, you know, even with the working out, it, you know, you're you're out there um, on the golf course for several hours. You've got to find time to get your workouts in as well. Um, sometimes you're tired. Most of you, I'm sure, probably do it earlier uh, in the day, depending on your tea times and so forth, but uh, obviously you've got to get that in as well. Um, Last question, what do you like to do for fun outside of golf? Forgetting golf for a second, what do you guys like to do for fun? We... The one thing that we that we've done oh, since we've started professional golf, my husband and I, we go to baseball games. So we're trying to see all the stadiums in the country. I think that's probably the one thing that we do outside of that. But we love to sightsee. I travel with a camera and GoPro. I mean, I try and video as much as I can because not very very many people, especially at 26 years old, get to travel the country with their spouse. So mm-hmm. that's probably. The one good thing that I love about traveling with a camera, I get to take pictures everywhere. <laughs> right. 
Well, it's good. It's, you get a little bit of a video diary as well of your, of your journey, so that's good. Well, Gabby, I want to thank you very much for joining me this morning and especially sticking around and uh, spending a little bit extra time with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been very interesting to, to hear your perspective and, and uh, certainly some similarities to, to others, but a lot of different uh, viewpoints as well, and it's always uh, interesting. And I want to wish you um, continued success this season. Get out there and, and uh, keep, uh, keep playing and keep doing what you enjoy, and uh, go easy on Jared. All right, perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a pleasure. I hope you come back and join me next time. Uh, hopefully, Cindy will be here as well. I know she'll have some questions for you as well. But thanks for uh, for joining me this morning, and I had fun as well, and I appreciate it. And uh, good luck this week. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, bye bye. All right, that was my very special guest, uh, very graciously giving of her time, uh, Gabby Lemieux uh, from the LPJ Epson Tour. Uh, always interesting to hear these young ladies, their perspective, and and how they approach uh, this great game of golf. And it's uh, it's uh, hopefully you guys uh, tuning into the program uh, can pick up a few nuggets as well uh, of uh, things that you can do to help your game improve. And that's really what the show is all about: is is taking uh, what you're hearing here on the program and applying it to your own game. And remember, everybody's game is different. Um, no two games are exactly alike, and uh, you have to just uh, sort of get out there and, and find what works best for you and and definitely reach out if you're not currently taking lessons you need to reach out to a local pro and get them to help you with your game especially if you're new to the game uh, the better uh, and sooner that you can get on the right track the much more enjoyable uh, your golfing uh, game is going to be so uh, good luck with that on that note I want to thank you for tuning in this morning and again a special thanks to uh, Gabby for joining me this morning and I will see you next week here on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody and have a great week. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash women of golf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.